back. This is your internet uncle. Today, we're going to talk about my first trip to Vietnam. So this was back in 1994. That's a while. Yeah, it's been quite a while. And, uh, you know, it was the trip me and the bro took. It's the old man wanted us to, you know, meet his, his mom, you know, grandma, and, you know, his extended family. And unfortunately, it was the only time uh, we got, you know, to meet grandma. And it was something else. Uh, you know, one thing he's kind of learned is uh, Vietnam has one of the most complex pronoun systems, if not the complex, most complex pronoun system, in my understanding. Because, uh, you know, with people outside your family, it's pretty easy. You know, you kind of guess the age and, you know, you guess, you know, conservatively. So if someone's, like, older than you, you know, you, um, you just call him Mr. Or, you know, you know, older brother, if you're thinking they're not too old. Um, think about your parents' age, you call them uh, Mr. Or, uh, same word as, like, uncle, but an uncle younger uh, in age to your parents. If you think they're older, then you call them an uncle, but older than your parents. Those are two separate terms. And if you think they're pretty old, you call them equivalent of grandpa or grandma you know same with the ladies you know call them auntie you know older auntie or younger auntie that's outside the family now inside the family and from my experience uh you know in my family you can turn my mom you know who's uh chinese you know born in vietnam that chinese families do this too my ex's family didn't do this is that you go by birth rank so my dad uh is ranked number seven and we start counting at two in the south right in the north they count at one there's a special word for it um but they start counting at one in the south we count start counting at two it's uh from what i read it's something to do with luck it's a superstition thing right anyway that's what we do so my dad is ranked number seven and so anyone older, his older siblings, all their kids, whether or not they're older or younger than me in actual age, I had to call them big brother or big sister, right? Anyone younger than me, you know, I ain't, like my, uh, my dad's younger sister, she never got married or had kids. And my dad's youngest brother, uh, my youngest uncle, four kids. They're all younger than me, so it made sense that they all called me older brother. But they also had to call the bro older brother, even though, you know, um, one of them was older than him, age-wise, right? So that still makes sense now. Well, my great-grandfather had three wives. You know, he didn't, like, cheat or flander or whatever. He, like, oh wife would die, he got remarried, he'd have more kids, right? So my grandma was the youngest out of that wife said kid, so from that great-grandmother. So my great-granduncles, or my granduncles, my grandma's older brothers, anyone in their generation, like the same... Uh, 
birth generation as my dad, you know, they're all older uncle or older auntie. And if they're kids, so the people in my generation, no matter their age, they are all older brother or older sister. Now, I think there was, oh, was my grandma the youngest or the second or in the middle? I think she was the middle because my old man told me there are people, or there were, they might be dead now, that were older than me, like by a good 20 years, who would call me older brother. Uh, we met a guy from the States the second time uh, we went to Vietnam in 2002. I'll bring it up here because I'll forget to bring it up there. So, you know, he grew up in the States, so he was an English speaker. He was happy that, you know, he found our English speaker in me. You know, so we were talking and he found out, you know, he was older than me at the time I was 23, 22, 23, and he was like 29, you know, solid six, seven years older than me, right? And, uh, you know, his mom had been talking to my, my, my dad, you know, because they knew each other, you know, before they left Vietnam. And she says, oh, good thing you found each other. Son, this is your uncle. She points to me. <laughs> His face dropped, <laughs> right? And he's like, and he had no idea. He blew his mind. He's like, what? So yeah, I had to call his dad uncle. So you had to call him uncle. <laughs> and the look on his face was priceless. He said, you know what? Don't worry about it. Just call each other by your names, right? Uh, that's another superstition too. Uh, I don't know if this is something dying off because sometimes it gets confusing. So I'll just use me and my youngest uncle's oldest son. So we're both ranked two. So my cousin, you know, he's a younger brother, right? His kids would call, you know, my, um, their dad's older brother, uncle two. They would call me also uncle two, right? And it's like, that's confusing. It is. So they would then call Uncle Two and then name. So I've actually asked my dad this, and just told him like, okay, well, actually not not ask. I'm just telling him like, look, next time I see them, I'm just gonna tell him to just call me my uncle and my name, right? Normally you don't do that because apparently there's a superstition like you invoke some bad luck or something. But it seems stupid otherwise to confuse two uncles of the same birth rank, even though they will never see me that often. So it's just easier in my head just to have him called my name. Anyways, uh, enough of oh yeah, and see that's if uh, you know on your father's side, now on your mother's side, it's a different set of pronouns, but it's a little more simplified because there's only one word for uncle, right? And there's one word for auntie, but if it's uncle-in-law, that's a different word. If it's aunt-in-law, it's also a different word confused yet i've it's taken me 30 years to figure the shit out almost 30 years to figure it out and i don't think i still figured it out oh and a fun fun fact right uh so my uh one of my mom's brothers yeah he got remarried and it's actually first of all actually i found it didn't actually die he just pretended that she had she had died and was, you know, when he immigrated, he just said he was divorced or separated or whatever. Anyways, he got remarried to someone, you know, quit, you know, a little bit younger. They got divorced eventually, right? 
And my old man complained because uh, I, was, I was like trying to, trying to figure this stuff out, right? Because like, and like, he's like, you know, I don't even know what to call people sometimes, son, right? You know, like your aunt, you know, the one divorced from your 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 mom's brother, older brother, right? Like, I'm not calling her big sister, because like, because when you marry in, you take uh, whatever family you're marrying into, or when in reference to the family, like, uh, you know. You bury into, I guess that's probably the best word. Like, you take the rank of whoever is there. Like, so my dad kind of took on the rank of my mom in her family. So her her older brother, even though he, I think he was younger than my dad, he was still ranked. So my dad was to call him big brother, right? So his wife would be big sister, but now she's his ex. So my dad's like, I don't even what the fuck to call her, right? I'm not calling her big sister. That's stupid. My old man grew up with this, so it's so I pretty I feel pretty justified in saying Vietnam has some of the most convoluted pronouns in the universe. Any case, enough about that. So that was one of the few things that confused me, you know, going over there. Uh, there were you know there were quite a few. Another one was field rats are considered a delicacy. Not sewer rats, you know, field rats, right? They look different, right? And, you know, field rats, because, you know, they'll eat, uh, you know, rice and whatever, right? You know, they don't eat, like, crap and, you know, full of, and are full of nasty bugs. And the reason I knew this, right, is that there's a whole bunch of commotion and we all ran outside, right? And someone was trying to, like, get the, and I was asking, like, you know, what's going on? It's like, oh, there's a rat up in that tree, right? And for me, this was like, you know, big thing, same with the bro, because, you know, Berta, uh, we're, you know, we're rat free, quote unquote, like there's a rat patrol guarding our borders to like, I'm sure there's probably the odd rat or two, but generally, you know, uh, rat population is minimal to nil, right? So, you know, I've never really seen a rat before, except that, you know, I guess, you know, it shows at lab rats or whatnot. So it's kind of like, you know, it was up this 20 foot tall palm tree, which had coconuts, which I always were worried the coconuts would drop and smash open my head. But anyway, so someone was, you know, had this long ass bamboo pole was trying to knock this rat down and, you know, kill it and have for supper. Right. So they actually, to see them knocking the rat down, but everyone was freaking out because the rat was like, you know, running them in all the people so they couldn't catch it. Right. Uh, Another big eye opener is there's no uh, tap water in in um, in the, where my relatives lived. Right, they collected rainwater during the monsoon and they added alum to knock out all the sediment. Right, and they took the top end and then they flushed the bottom end out when you know when whenever it rained. That means there are no toilets. They had one. They installed one specifically for me and the bro because my old man's like okay. My sons are, you know, soft westerners. They don't know how to not shit except on a toilet, right? So it wasn't connected to any water. So we had to, like, manually, you know, fill up a little bucket and, like, dump it and flush it down, right? The alternative was, like, uh, the, way my, uh, the way my relatives lived was, like, my grandma lived with my youngest uncle in one place and kind of the property right beside it. My auntie lived with her, her daughters, all my older uh, sister, uh, girl cousins. 
right? And, you know, came to the backyard one time, right? And I see, like, Auntie Two squatting, and she's kind of a little, you know, kind of looks like a little silt fence around her, right? I'm like, I was like, Sarah, what are you doing? It's like, it's like, and, you know, little batting eyes, like, what are, you, what are you looking at, son? You know, I'm taking a piss. Uh, so another form of uh, toilet is, uh, you know, we got to know some of the kids in the neighborhood because everyone was like, you know, kind of interested, you know, these uh, Vietnamese kids who weren't from Vietnam who had, you know, no idea what it was like, like to live in the countryside. And this one kid, he's a skinny guy. I don't know if he's still alive or not, actually. Like, he was about my age. So hopefully he's doing well. They might have moved. Who knows? But he says, like, you know, like, yeah, we were just kind of milling about the road. And he says, guys, check this out, right? And he runs over to this little this hut on stilts. And this hut was like over this pond. And we're like, okay, what's this guy doing? Well, he starts dropping deuces into this pond. And then catfish, you know, just started bubbling, you know, milling about bubbling, you know, trying to eat his shit. Uh, so that was, uh, that was something else. Hygiene in Vietnam uh, is very low on the totem. I have a hypothesis that Vietnamese people live almost as long as Japanese people. Well, the Japanese stereotype, because I think Japanese people eat as much uh, animal, like land animal protein as most of us Westerners do. So I, th I don't know if their life expectancy is shortened or not. Because uh, they used to eat you know, a lot more fish and eat more, a lot more simpler things. A lot, uh, that's how the stories are gone, right? You know, there's a lot more uh, fast food and stuff now. In Vietnam, I figured it was the same, like, in previously. Now they have a lot of fast food as well. And, you know, I think they would have lived just as long as the Japanese, except for the hygiene. Like, the Japanese, when they went there, I found they're very fastidious about being clean. Not so much in Vietnam. There's, like, litter everywhere. Right, um, tidy means like you know, kind of keeping your place tidy and just making a mess, you know, moving your mess into, uh, you know, the common areas. Because as long as your place is clean, who gives a shit about anywhere else? So you, you know, just kind of threw garbage everywhere, you know, and you know, often right into the river and the streams. And you know, hopefully it's changed now. You know, um, though there was an incident of uh, in central Vietnam, this factory getting away with doing a massive fish kill in the ocean because they were legally dumping. Yeah, that was... So maybe not. Anyways, so where my relatives live, they used to, like, throw whatever into the local rivers, right? Which included, like, you know, broken ceramics. And, you know, I used to, you know, when the tide was a little bit lower, we just, you know, I couldn't really swim, but, you know, just kind of, like, play in the water because it was, like, hot, right? And I stepped on a broken piece of bowl. And... You know, I, I yelped and I brought my foot up and I was gushing blood. And I knew I was going to be sick, right? Because I had been sick. Uh, anytime I go to Vietnam, I am sick for at least a week, right? Because I'm getting used to the bugs over there. You know, usually I have like nasty like colds, flus, like nasal, uh, like just massive sinus infections, right? So I had, you know, diarrhea, vomiting, all that good stuff, right? But I was like, well, this is about to go to a new level. And boy, did it ever. I was passing in and out of consciousness for at least a week. All right. And 
you know, at some point, like, they called in the local doctor for the area, and, you know, it's like, he said, well, I, I'm going to have to give him a shot, he says, right? And, you know, at that time, uh, you know, the, doctors were cl the doctor was cleaner. And the only way, uh, you know, he could sterilize something was to cook it in boiling water. So this was an old, it's not like the plastic uh, syringes they use now, right? This is an old, old school glass one, you know, with steel and whatnot. So he was cooking in boiling water, quickly took it out, got the medicine from a vial, and then jabbed it into my stomach. And my role said, you know, he'd never seen me spasm so terribly. And it looked like I'd been injected with molten lava. So I was spasming on the table or bed or whatever he had he had me on to check me out <laughs> and you know alongside that i had to take a bunch of pills and uh, sorbitol deserved in water sorbitol is a type of sugar right i think i was probably dehydrated from all the throwing up and diarrhea right and it wasn't just one pill remember how i uh i know that was in the last episode so medicine was can be kind of rudimentary in vietnam and so Western medicine, you know, like, you can just go grab a bottle of Tylenol or whatever from, you know, your 7-Eleven or and whatnot. That would be high-class medicine, you know, for a lot of places in Vietnam. Even now, I'm not even kidding. Like, the medicines they get, you know, they have more variety now, but they're of lower strength uh, from what I've been told. So, you know, full-strength westernized versions were quite expensive and hard to come by. So, and since 94, I drank about a dozen pills every meal to cover off all the symptoms I was having good times and oh it just randomly my old man forgot to check in for a flight we were supposed to get home I think the start of August we were there for another two weeks we had to check in he had to like change the flight flights um, yeah not a, uh, it was not a good time uh, you know, so I'm sure, uh, you, if it wasn't in, in Vietnam, you know, it was here in Canada and the countryside, I would have find, uh, found how animals were treated, uh, probably a bit disturbing. As disturbing as when I found it back in Nam. So, you know, dogs still, you know, they're getting treated better. Some people are now babying their dogs and, uh, it's, point where some dog, pampered dogs are actually stolen to be resold uh, as pets or sometimes sold as food unfortunately you know but generally in the countryside and I think even here you know I think they're a little more pampered here um, in general that you know they're just security systems right you know they get fed leftovers whatever uh, my access family used to feed their dogs fish bones like you know leftover fish carcasses in their bones you know people worried about Dogs choking on chicken bones here. I think if the dog choked in the fish bone, they'd probably be upset that they had to get another dog, but that'd be about it. Though at some point the excess family did get a little, um, you know, kind of a little more uh, cutesy dog, which was stolen and then they found later in this local city and they rebought it. <laughs> At the Cats are not looked well upon in Vietnam. They're, I guess they're kept around as they're just handy for you know, keeping down pests and stuff, but no one really likes cats um, from my experience. 
and you know they're kind of more feral, they're kind of meaner. I saw one cat take on three dogs once. I don't know if it was defending its uh, its litter, but boy, like it got cornered and it turned around and it like just hissed and it had claws out and it sent the other three sent three dogs all bigger than it packing. Uh, I don't know about nowadays, but there used to be mudskippers in that, especially when it rained. So they hop on land and stuff. I remember one of my cousins caught one, fed it to the ducks we had in the back. There used to be four ducks, you know, beautiful white ducks, right? And I fed them one day, right? They noticed one day there was a, a duck missing. And we had duck curry that day. I Obviously, I, I couldn't eat it, being the city boy that I am. Uh, I remember running, meeting a couple cute girls. The cuter one um, was on one one side, right? And one day, like you know, kept talking, and and they got kind of caught in the rain, so I went to their place and you know, was playing cards, right? And you know, I didn't realize, you know, my, after it stopped raining, my family, like, found me, and, like, there was a big commotion, and, you know, I was told never to see them again. I learned later that that was a family of drug dealers. You know, I, you know, asked my old man, like, you know, what happened to the girl years later, and he said, well, you know, they got caught, but, uh, she, you know, she took the, she took the rap for the whole family and went to jail. Not sure if she died there or not, uh, you know, generally, not just in Vietnam, but generally in East Asia, you know, drug possession, drug selling is treated very harshly. Right. There's not a lot of forgiveness uh, in the jail system in general, even less so for drug dealers. I learned how to actually ride a moped. Well, actually I did, yeah. I learned how to ride a moped, and, uh, you know, I... Being 14, I wasn't very, my 13, 14, wasn't that much in control of my growing body. Not that it grew very much. And, you know, my uh, dad's older brother, he's like, okay, you know, he's like, he's going to roll with me. He's like, oh, yeah, you got this, right? And I overrubbed the engine. I almost plowed us into, into a tree. But I did get the hand into it later. And, you know, we went, you know, ripping around the, you know, the little town where my relatives lived. some point uh my dad took us took me anyways to the local nearby city right and you know we were traveling down this little pretty much like a goat path right it was red clay and uh they used like little like broken red bricks to kind of stiffen up the road right fortunately sometimes you know the way the brick shift there'd be like just corners of you know brick just kind of popping out so on this road, this guy with, you know, two ladies and, you know, this is a time when, you know, they didn't have to wear helmets or they weren't limited to just two adults on a moped. They uh, were, you know, ripped past us, right? Like, almost, maybe quite a bit faster than us. You know, my dad just shook his head. Uh, and about 10 minutes later, my dad had to slow down. I saw a congregation of people on the bike and a line on the side of the, the path. It was the guy from earlier. 
The two women were standing and seemed to be okay, but the guy was on the ground. His leg was in the air. And, you know, we passed, you know, we'd, you know, we'd slowed down, but not that much, right? And I was pretty sure I saw the top of his foot being a white color. So I think I saw a bone. And my dad just shook his head as we uh, <laughs> took off. All right. Uh, so steamed buns. Um, Vietnam has uh, doesn't have does have barbecue pork, but the tr I think the more common one is um, they're filled with like a quail's egg, like a boiled quail's egg with uh, kind of like a ground ground pork mince, right? Mixed with a bunch of things and put in there. And I was excited to have it because it was like okay, this is something I could eat because I was having a hard time eating there, you know, being a fussy Western eater, right? And you know, we got one and like and I you know took a big bite and I stopped and I almost threw up. Right. There's this ridiculously strong ammonia taste. Right? And I it does saw me stop eating and you know making this face and it's just like and they realize oh, is there something they put in there, you know, to you know, so it doesn't go bad, like some preservative or something. Right? And that just ruined it for me. I couldn't eat any more Steam buns in Vietnam, unfortunately. Uh, just to wrap things up, my old man didn't have a very good time on this trip. Like, yeah, I think he got into a fight or something with like, the security agent. Because he had like a fanny pack with like passports and whatever, and he just, man, he just threw it on there. But he forgot to take out, like, he had a couple, like, couple hundred dollars in US bills, which was, you know, quite a bit of time. So it'd be like, you know, say five to 500 close to a grand now. And, you know, when, he, when everything got screened through, I think it was on the Vietnam side, right? And he got it back, he checked, it's like, wait, where's the money? You know, the guys had lifted it. And my, my mom found, at this time my parents were still married, my mom found, she was livid, right? Because at this point, you know, we didn't have quite a bit of money. So that was probably a month's worth of mortgage payments. But no, it was, um, it was an interesting time. And... There's more to it than this, but uh, we'll, we'll keep it to this. And uh, then uh, next time we'll talk about my next trip down. And uh, one I got to enjoy a little more because I got to understand a bit thing, things a bit more. And for, Before I got there for the second time, I went to Vietnam in 2002. In any case, thank you very much for listening. Well, thank, thank you very much for listening to my rambling. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one.